jumping off the faith cliff? What in... Hey everybody, this is Kim Langling. I'm your host of Fear Bounce. So glad you're here joining me for yet another episode, episode 42 to be exact. Wow, 42 episodes. So glad again that you're joining me. Please subscribe while you're here and share this show so we can get other folks to subscribe as well. We want to keep this rolling with amazing guests from around the world. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and let's get on with the show. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Kim Langling, your host. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce, another exciting edition. Today, I have with me the beautiful Laura Ukuli, and she is coming to us from Florida today, and she's going to be sharing with us one of her passions, her and her husband's passions. It's called Common Nigeria, Uncommon Humanity. And I found this subject and topic so fascinating. We were speaking a little bit about it um, prior to hit and record on this episode. So Laura, welcome, welcome. I'm very excited to have you on as a guest and looking forward to hearing a little bit more about you and your husband's uh, passion, Common Nigeria. So my first thing I wanna say is welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. Now, my first question is, you said your husband off mic, your husband is from Nigeria. My burning question is how did you meet him? Because you said he is born and bred and raised Nigerian. So how did you meet each other? Okay, so um, for those of you that believe and actually have faith, um, I uh, met my husband by the grace of God. To get into quick detail about that, uh, my husband and I met on Facebook. Um, It was very similar to a situation like you've got mail, you know, whereby we didn't necessarily know each other. Um, I don't even think we were Facebook friends when we came across one another. Um, but, uh, uh, we both had a passion for big dogs. That was our, our thing. And, um, I had three German shepherds, um, in my past, in a past relationship, and we had to put them out for adoption, which was very sad, but, um, I have two children. They're grown children. Now they're adults. Um, at the time they were small children. And the dogs were extremely good with children. Um, German shepherds are just, they're herding dogs. So they're they're amazing. Yeah. They're amazing animals really. And so what happened was I made a comment, somebody had posted something about German shepherds and I made a comment and said something like, those are the most amazing dogs or fantastic dogs. They're great with kids and family. And he liked my post and I don't think he made a comment back. He might've made a comment back, but then he uh, private messaged me and said, oh, you know, I really liked your post about the dogs. How are you? You know, my name is, uh, and I'm not going to say what he told me because he obviously was afraid to, to share with me his, his real identity at the time. So he um, came on and we started chatting just about mundane, stupid little things. And a lot of people go, Oh, you know, you were scammed and you know, this and that. (laughs) And I have to say before anybody goes there, I wasn't scammed because to be scammed, you have to actually pay 
money, something, you have to give them something for compensation. And so that didn't occur between me and my husband, number one. Number two, both of us did not want to share who we were because we were on an online platform. For him, he was afraid to show his true colors. I mean, and I say that pun intended, okay, because he really believed that I was who I was saying I was on Facebook and God forgive me, I was trying to protect myself as well. So long story short, we met on social media. We took a few months, believe it or not, to really reveal our ourselves to each other, um, just like in the movie, You've Got Mail. Um, But during that time, we developed a just an amazing relationship. And I don't know how to say that other than to say it was definitely a God-given relationship or a God-given union. Um, yes, my husband is from Wari, um, Nigeria, which is Delta State, Nigeria. Um, apparently that is one of the, everybody outside of Nigeria would say one of the most rough states in the Nigerian country. Um, and when I tell people that my husband is from Wari Delta State, they look at me like, are you crazy? Are you positive? Are you sure that's where your husband comes from? And then they go a little crazier when I say to them, I am 100% sure because I have traveled to Wari Delta State, Nigeria myself. And I have I've been with the people and I have, um, you know, uh, broke bread with um, not just my in-laws, but uh, the people of my in-laws congregation at their church and, you know, my husband's friends and my husband's friends family. Um, And yes, it was a very unique situation because um, like I told you uh, pre-recording and you've seen me in person, uh, I am not your typical traveler to Nigeria, okay? I am a, a, a Caucasian woman. I am five foot two inches tall, long brown hair. Um, you can get the visual by a comment my husband has made time and time again, which is you are a white t-shirt in a dark room when you're in Nigeria. <laughs> And then on top of it, um, he, when we finally met each other in person, he, he said to me, well, there's two things that you've confirmed for me here. And the first thing was, uh, you, you talk a lot and he didn't mean that, you know, like (laughs) he didn't mean it to offend me, but apparently I have a much louder and much like more voluminous mouth than the average person in Nigeria. They're very quiet, mostly. They, they listen before they speak. Um, and then the other thing he said to me was, and you are short. Yes, you are, <laughs> you are short. <laughs> because I told him I was a short white woman. I was a short, fat white woman. And um, he told me that he was a short, fat black man. And um, the funny thing about that, because you can go look at it, him you know there are pictures of him on facebook there are pictures of him on our common nigeria um and uh essentially if you look at my husband he is not short when i first met him nowhere near fat the only thing that was exactly the same was that yes he is a black man (laughs) from nigeria (laughs) so um so yeah so that's how we met and it was it was uh very interesting for sure to say the least so you, between your husband and yourself, um, you, you formed this, and I'm, I'm going to call it, it's your mission, called Common Nigeria. 
Yeah. Uncommon humanity. And you had spoken earlier, and we did we had we did chat off mic prior to the, to recording, and you had spoken about how Nigeria in general has people look at it as uh, there's a negative connotation, you know, for for scamming and things like that. And I you know I honestly don't know anything about Nigeria. I'm assuming when you when you started this relationship with your husband that it was the foundation was faith am i correct in that yeah the foundation of our relationship was definitely um faith okay it was based and built upon um both of our relationship with our lord and savior jesus christ we're both christian um thank god because that was not a barrier that we had to that we had to cross okay right. um, i'm not saying that god doesn't do that because of course we all know that he does um it just so happened that right before i met my husband I um, was going through a very, very difficult time, um, a very difficult relationship, very ungodly relationship. I was very unhappy, um, was going through a breakup, felt very, very alone, um, contemplated some not so nice things to do to myself. Um, we don't have to get into details there, but everybody can assume what that is. Uh, and I got down on my knees and I literally prayed to God for a godly husband. And I asked him to make me a godly wife. Now I had already been married and divorced. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I just wanted to be a godly wife. I just wanted to, you know, to pick up where I left off. And I guess the word is do it right this time. Of course I challenged God, um, during this process, which everybody knows, come on. I mean, Oh yeah. If you don't do this, God, I'm going to do this. Like, <laughs> okay, let me know how that works for right, you, okay? Right. Like, it's like, let me know how that works for you. So, so, so I did that, okay? I challenged him, and uh, my husband and I had been um, chatting that day, the day, the, the fateful day that I decided to go to the, to the uh, bathroom and collect every single type of pill known to mankind, whether it was mine or not, and stick it on the side of my bed table and literally say, well, God, if you don't do this, I'm going to, I'm going to eat, I'm going to take all of these pills. And there you go. I'm going to show you kind of attitude. And right as I'm in the middle of this personal crisis of sorts, because really it was, it was the personal crisis. Well. I was, I, I, I was reminded, first of all, that God doesn't like you not just challenging him, but he doesn't like you hurting yourself because you're his child. He loves you. He wants you to succeed. Okay. That's not, it's not something he doesn't want. Okay. He's not your hater. He's not your, you know, like your nemesis, you know, that's, that's, that's Satan's job, but we won't go there. Um, long story short, I'm sitting there challenging him and I'm on the ground praying and I'm chatting with my now husband at the time, just my friend. Okay. And I told him I want to disappear. And he said, no, 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 you don't really feel like that. You know, you're important to me. And then my phone rings and it's him, okay, on the phone. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there with my face in awe and because I had just challenged God and said, okay, well, if you don't do something, if you don't show me a sign, then I'm going to do this. And bam, my husband literally picks up the phone, calls me 
I'm sitting there trying to basically off myself. And I said to him, why are you disturbing me? I'm in the middle of something very important. <laughs> and his response was, no, that's not important. You and I are important. I want to talk to you. So, so we started this relationship, saving each other, if you will, yeah. from ourselves. And then um, I had had an altercation with another man just before our conversation conversation and I said I'm so angry I want to I want to punch him in his nose I want to poke his eyes out he can't treat me like this this can't be happening and his exact response to me was no that is for the man to do and the first thing I thought was oh my god literally oh my god I looked up at the sky and I was like praise you lord jesus okay is this is this is how you respond. <laughs> I don't know this guy, but okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so from there we developed this amazing, um, relationship. I mean, we spoke on the phone 12 to 15 hours a day, no exaggeration, except for when we were sleeping. Um, there were times when, uh, I would fall asleep at, on the phone with him and he would listen to me breathing and he would hear me. He was basically like making sure that I was okay before he hung up the phone because I didn't like him. I mean, it was like, it was almost like a leash for me. Like I didn't want him hanging the phone up because I maybe needed to talk to him for something, for some reason. So there was, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of, um, really happy moments. And then there were some super sad moments because once we revealed ourselves to each other, it was trying to figure out how we were going to be together. Right. Because that's not normal, right? A relationship between a Nigerian from Wari Delta State, Nigeria, and Southern California, United States of America is a long shot. Okay. That's not something that, oh yeah, hey, uh, let's meet in the Bahamas and sure. let's go vacation and, <laughs> you know, let, let's have a good time. So you asked about common Nigeria. The reason that that came about was because I went through, and I'm just going to use the word, I went through hell over here in the United States of America, when I told people, hey, I've fallen in love with a Nigerian man who's over in, you know, Wari Delta State, Nigeria. Their exact response was, oh, that's great. That, that, that's a nice little dream. So uh, what, you planning on just flying him over here? He's going to get through the immigration checkpoint and you guys are going to live happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, well, no, but we've got to figure out a way for me to do this. And meantime, my family members, um, very close friends were trying to um, dissuade me from falling deeper in love and you can't do this. And I said, who said I can't do this? You know, who said, because God said I can in my mind, God told me exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and not supposed to be doing. And I didn't know that the job for God came available, which one of you guys applied for, you know, the job of God. And, um, and you know, and I started to become more defiant. I started to become more angry, if you will. And it dawned on me, nobody knows Nigeria, Nigerians, like I do, or like my counterparts do. Um, in the United States of America right now, I believe, I don't have the exact data, so don't quote me on this necessarily, but there's only hundreds of thousands of relationships that exist like my husband's and mine, where the wife is 
an American woman and the husband is a Nigerian man. Okay. And so you're talking about not only distinct cultural differences, mm -hmm. but you're also talking about societal norms that are being barriers that are literally being shattered and broken by having this relationship. And my husband and I sat down one night and we were on the phone and we were separated from each other. And I said to him, I said, gosh, I really wish people knew you. I really wish they knew and understood you and your people and your country and, and the benevolence of your society, like the true benevolence, like, like that you guys are gentle. You're not these savage, you know, um, uh, you know, what do you call them? Hut dwelling, man eating monsters that, you know, the Western civilization basically tells everybody, you know, there's travel advisories, do not travel to these states in Nigeria by yourself, because if you do, you're going to get eaten, you're going to get sold into the white slave, you know, sex slave trade, you're going to have your head cut off, you're going to be uh, whatever it is, you're, mm -hmm. bad things are going to happen to you. And so I said to my husband, I said, look, there's got to be a medium. There's got to be a way that we can get the message out there that Nigeria and Nigerians are common people. They, they eat and they sleep and they breathe and they bleed red and they go to the bathroom just like you and I. I mean, you know, they're, they're the same as us, okay? Um, do they have desperate times? All the time, okay? Do they, do they have, are they a third world country or a developing country? Absolutely. There's no reason that Nigeria should be because Nigeria is one of the wealthiest. They have amongst their ranks, the wealthiest contingent of people in the entire world. Okay. The wealthy in Nigeria buy all of their stuff cash. Okay. So when you see them driving around in G wagons, living the high life, living in these massive mansions, um, you know, doing what they're doing, those people have those billions of dollars. They're not like Americans. And I don't know about the UK, but in America, every, everybody runs to the bank yelling charge. I don't know if you know what that means, but we don't own own everything. Okay. Everything is either a mortgage, a credit card, whatever the case right. may be. That's not the case in Nigeria. Okay. Um, so, so we came up with common Nigeria as a platform to basically share with the rest of civilization. Okay. That Nigerians and Nigerian people and the country of Nigeria is not just beautiful, but it's benevolent. Okay. I mean, you can, now, would you travel to Nigeria by yourself without some kind of security or some kind of, you know, people, locals or people that know what they're doing? No. But then again, would you travel to downtown London in some of the worst places of London by yourself and just start walking around and be like, yeah, let me see what I can see. Would you go to Los Angeles? No. Would you go to New York? No, you wouldn't do that. And so I'm trying to get across to people like, hey, if you're going to travel there, by all means, but go with the right people. Make sure that you aren't by yourself, of course. Make sure that you're protected. You know, make sure that you're with somebody who genuinely cares about you and can show you around and make sure that you're safe. I mean, that's not uncommon, not even if you travel any place in the world. So, um, so that, that, that's, 
that's why we did that. And um, it's been it's been successful. It's been a little bit slow going. I'm not going to lie because my husband and I have been super busy working our day jobs, if you will. And mm -hmm. so we haven't had a lot of time to to focus on it and actually get the word out there. But um, we think that it'll be hugely successful because, you know, there's a lot of people that just don't know what they don't know, you know? Well, and I, I've found, I have found that most people, especially in America, you know, and myself being an American, a lot of people do not travel outside of the country. Yes. There, you know, there's, we live in a huge country. I mean, America is huge. And right. every state almost has its own little culture, if you think about it. And yeah. all these different, you know, uh, dialects and things like that. And a lot of people, well, they may never just may, never have the opportunity or the means to travel either. Right. Um, right. You know, I was fortunate enough where I was able to travel in, in Europe. And I learned every time I was in a different country, I always, for my own self, educated myself as much as I could on the culture, on what might be offensive or not offensive, because there's so many different little nuances that, in, in a, as an example, the first time I went to Germany, you know, we use the okay sign here in America. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's okay. But if you use that sign in Germany, it doesn't mean okay. No, it doesn't. I did not know that. And so me being the, you know, the American that I am, and my husband was from Germany, born, raised, and from Germany. So I was there with him, not as a tourist, but with him as a family member. And, right. so, you know, getting to, to know his family members and friends and stuff like that. And I would often say, oh, okay, that's cool. And it would just, uh, you know, I'm putting my finger, you know, finger and thumb together like, okay. And I kept getting these looks and I'm going, why are they looking? And he goes, you have to quit using that hand gesture. And I said, why? And he goes, it does not mean okay. And he said, it means Arschloh, <laughs> which, you know, well, we'll just, yeah. I'll just be blunt. It means asshole. Asshole, and yeah. So you know, I, did not, right? I did not know that. And that's, that's always one little thing that I remember when I hear other people talking about the different cultures that they visit or have become a part of, um, or their spouse is a part of, because that's one, it, it's such a simple little thing, but could be so offensive. Of course. And yeah. I, I love the idea of how you have... I like how you have the the, the word common in mm -hmm. there, common Nigeria, because in the long run, as God sees us, we are all his children. Common. Yeah. We are all masterpieces in his eyes. Right. And we are all human. That's right. Period. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's such a, it's always so difficult for me to personally wrap my brain around especially in these times, this, this whole racial division and everything that we have in this country and around the world. And I certainly don't want to get into any of that or politics today or ever really, but it's, it's disheartening. It when, is. When it really is. It because well, like that it should not be like that in today's yeah. world. Well, I will tell you in, in Nigeria, there really isn't racism against skin color and the reason for that is because everybody, for the most part, I mean, the hugest majority of people that are in Nigeria mm -hmm. are black. Okay. If you are a white person in Nigeria, you are amongst a very small group of people in the country at any given time. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
I know that to be true because when I went on my first trip, I had people from very senior in our government basically trying to dissuade me from going over to Nigeria, um, trying to tell me how unsafe it was and, you know, this and that and the other thing come to find out it was just because it didn't meet their agenda. Okay. And I can't get into any details with regards sure. to that right now, but, but it was, it was very annoying at best because, you know, I was treated like a queen when I went to Nigeria and not just because my husband was excited to finally meet me and we were going to get married 10 days after I arrived <laughs> or any of that kind of stuff. I literally was treated with such incredible hospitality by all of the Nigerian people. And I found it so funny because um, yes, I'm a white woman, but um, there were Asian women there. There were uh, Hispanic women there, um, you know, other, other, what we would call, what the Nigerians would call white people that were there that are not white people and they don't consider themselves white people in any other part of the right, world. Right. And so the funniest thing for me is when uh, Americans start talking about racism and all of this other stuff, I'm like, take a, you know, take up a, a page out of the playbook of the Western, of the African countries, but mostly the West African countries, because those people, they don't, they don't understand the racism. Okay. To them, it's, they might be, there might be racism against like religions, right? Because there's two, predominantly two, maybe three or four different religions in Nigeria. Um, or uh, it might be, you know, you're from the North, we're from the South mm -hmm. or, you know, that, that kind of like war or race right. war, if you will, but it has nothing to do with skin color. And um, you'll see me on Facebook quite a bit posting uh hashtag quit race baiting because there's no need for it there's right. no need for that behavior i mean we both bleed red my husband and i could not be any more disparate in color okay i am i'm literally i'm literally snow white okay <laughs> i've been called snow white okay i've got the the palest most fry you know red fry um, rock lobster skin you've ever seen in your entire life. And my husband is one of the darker Nigerians that you'll ever meet as far as his skin tone. It, it's so we're, we're very disparate in our color. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is we always joke with each other because whenever we get a cut or a scrape, we always go, Hmm, that's funny. You have red blood too, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, 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 you know, I mean, you know, I, 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 I think if people stop and really think about what they're doing and what they're saying and how they're saying it and how they're behaving amongst other people, they might find that really their beliefs and the way that they consider other people to be is not the way they really are. You we know? have more in common than we don't. That's right. And you know, they call, um, they call, uh, well, not everybody, but down in my husband's region, and I don't know if this is across the board, but I will say they call uh, white people or Western people, but it's mostly white people. So anybody who's not black is uh, called a Weibo or a Wingbo. 
That's how they pronounce it, a weanbow. So um, I had an experience and I have pictures of it where a little kid is, is uh, in a jacuzzi in a spa at the, at the hotel and he's walking around this jacuzzi and he doesn't notice that I'm sitting there with my feet in the water. And he comes around and he walks past me on the little bench and all of a sudden he looks up and it dawns on him that there is an Owimbo woman, a, a white woman sitting there watching him. And the look on this little guy's face was, was priceless. It was like, you know, like, I don't even know if he's ever seen a white woman before. Right. And, and, and he, and he, and he was, he was just so taken aback. And I was like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And I had other children literally scream like in fear and terror. Um, there's a picture of me holding a little baby and the baby's looking, the baby, the little baby is looking up at me. She's probably maybe a year old, two years old, looking up at me in this picture. Like, what oh, are you? You don't, you don't look like mom. You don't look anything like right. my mom. What are you? <laughs> so, so I yeah. have, I've got a question for you then, because we're going to, yeah. we're going to get ready to wrap this up here. And of course. I, I could talk to you for a long time on all kinds of stuff. I know. There's a lot. Yeah. Have you considered or have you done, written a book on your experience? We are in the process of doing just that. We are in the process of writing. Um, we want to make it a three-part series. So we're going to start with the, with the it, we're going to name it our last name. It's going to be uh, Ukuli Behind the Veil. Okay, so when we first met and didn't, you know, developed our relationship, didn't really know each other, didn't know what we even looked like kind yep. of situation. Um, and then we're gonna do Ukuli Unveiled and then we're gonna do Ukuli Ever After, kind of like the Twilight series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That is that is wonderful because I know with the experience between the two cultures, yeah, right there, that's a book or two. Yeah. Just how, you know, what, I mean, it's a whole nother story of him coming here and what, what it was like for him. Yeah. And yeah. we had that conversation just this morning because I told him I was doing this podcast and I said, Hey, uh, what was your, what was your faith over a fear moment? And he goes, Oh gosh, I'm tired. Can we talk about this later? <laughs> Because mine was getting off the airplane at the, at the Lagos airport, Muhammad Motala airport. That was when it really, I mean, actually, no, it was when I went through, um, uh, Hartfield Atlanta airport at mid, almost midnight, getting on to an international flight and being told by many, many people in the airport, you do know that the only flight leaving out of this terminal is going to Lagos, Nigeria. What are you doing going to Lagos, Nigeria? Right. <laughs> and I, my response was, God sent me. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine yeah. the looks I got. Boom. They were like, what? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine the looks you got. Well, I would love when you get these books rolling. Yeah. I want you to get back in touch with me. Okay. Because I want to hear about them. I think they would be amazing uh, to read. And I personally am looking forward to them because you've got a journey that we've only briefly touched on. That's right. Um, but I would, yeah, I would love to love for you to keep in touch and let me know 
when you start your books and how they're rolling, absolutely keep in touch with me, please, because I love, I'm a writer and an author myself, so anytime that somebody's starting on that journey, it's exciting for me, and I, I love to, to watch to see how that unfolds, so yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank this you is, for having me. This has been wonderful, and I appreciate all of your your insight information on something that I can imagine that a huge portion of this country, at least in America, never even thinks about. Never <laughs> For sure. About. <laughs> you couldn't be more right on. <laughs> right, yeah. So thank you once again for being my guest. Absolutely enjoyed every minute of it. And I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks, Kim. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Take care.